Today on Rogue Padron, Season 2, Mission 3, Wedge is a popular man, Battle at Murst, New Test <laughs> Objects, A New Plan for Coruscant, and The Lesser of Two Evils. Where, where's the battle at, Meg? Murst. 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 This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. I'm beginning to think so the eggplant means something that I don't know. It does. It's innuendo, it absolutely Jenny. Does. <laughs> <laughs> it's innuendo for a Yeah. Thank you, Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Rogue Padron. Quick refresher on your hosts. We have Rogue Seven, Saf, the Gryffindor who is always ready for a fight or to party. Kiki, I am. We have Rogue Six, Danny, the resident Ravenclaw who spends most of his times most of his time rolling his eyes at the rest of us. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Three, Heath, who legit would skip straight to being a professor of magical history rather than ever be a student. Absolutely. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, the Hufflepuff of the group, because I like food and getting along. Yay! (laughs) Unlike the rest of us. Hey, Griff's get along with everybody, as long as they're not a Slytherin. That's so not true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's so much Gryffindor drama. Getting along is not a priority in Gryffindor. No. (laughs) No. So anyway, speaking of Hufflepuff, I have a question about Rogue One. (laughs) Not so much a question, but just a discussion, because we got to see some Rogue One costumes. So some people were at the... We got some photos from the Nuremberg Toy Fair, which is apparently a thing where they do things. And that included costumes that were on display from Rogue One. What'd you guys think? I'm pretty excited. Um, I like that it kind of hinted that maybe those are the three like main characters of the story. Um, so it looks like it's Felicity Jones's outfit, and then Diego Luna, and um, well, I can't remember his name. He's the Asian one that I am so proud of. Um, crap. That awkward What's moment that? where none of us Donnie know the Yen. Asian one's name. There we go. <laughs> Got it. Donnie Yen. And I like how decked out they are. Like, there's a lot of weapons or, like, things on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very accessorized, aren't like, they? Yeah, besides just, like, the material of the costume, so... It looks yeah. pretty cool! The one costume looks like it's straight from Hoth, and I love it. It has, like, the fur hood and everything. It looks so good. It's probably, like, a pre-Hoth kind of outfit. Like, it's the same kind of stuff that they would wear on Hoth anyway. Yeah. It's like an earlier version. Maybe. Yeah, it looks kind of like Han's jacket from TFA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's, like, because the other two don't look like they're cold weather outfits, do you think that's a clue about the setting for one of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Back to a snow planet we go. Yep. Or he could be, like, preemptively on Hoth, right? Trying to set some stuff up. Yeah, that's uh, true. As, like, a starting of the secret base. Yeah, because it looks like on the close-up of that costume, he's also got, like, the binoculars that look very similar to what... Han and Luke are using when they're on their tauntauns now that I think about it. That would be cool to go to Hoth again. I'm yeah. fine with that. I like it. Although after getting a snow planet in TFA and a sand planet in TFA I would kind of be okay with not going back to Hoth again. But I also wouldn't mind. I don't know. Starkiller base is pretty weak sauce compared to Hoth. As far as snow planets go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like... You're not going to die out in that. Dangerous no. cold. Right. Yeah, it's just... Well, I mean, you, you, I mean, if you took a bit of clothes and laid down, you'd probably still die, but... Well, yeah. Don't do that. We're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just sap. <laughs> that's, that's true for many climates. <laughs> I get very excited about snow, okay? Yeah, that's like true for, 
at like most places. <laughs> yeah. If You'll you take your clothes and just lie there, you're probably gonna <laughs> die. If you get naked and just lie down, you're probably going to not get out of that situation. Honestly, at this heat right now, I think it would be fine. You'd probably die from heat. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, I'd get sunburned to just become a lobster. Yep. <laughs> what am I doing? Moral of the story, don't get naked and lay down no matter what the climate. Great. So, <laughs> definitely what I was hoping we'd get to with this conversation. Just don't do it. Oh my god! No, all the costumes look very Star Warsy, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Yeah, what's never, the the I've one guy's like... got a Ghostbuster jetpack on his back? What's that all about? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a little odd. Is that an oxygen tank? Do you think something like that? It's like a chimney Flame coming out of it there. Are they gonna like scuba dive? Oh, that'd be neat. If that would be cool. jetpack. I want more underwater no, Star Wars like... action. Yeah, I... that would be so cool. I really do. Because the only live-action Star Wars action we have that's been underwater has been in Phantom Menace. And it's really awesome. And I want to see more of it. Like a lightsaber battle underwater. Come on. Didn't Obi-Wan go underwater in Attack of the Clones too, Or is that Clone Wars I'm thinking of? He did, but not for long. Yeah. Like the little, okay. the, mm, the monster. It's like a brief the, moment. Danny, what's it called? What's what's, what the, called? what's the giant flying stingray? That was called? in rev- A oh. bigger fish? There's always no, a bigger in fish. Attack of the Clones. Doesn't he like get on one of those things? No, no. no, not in Attack of the Clones. I think that's in Clone Wars. I think I just added in something that I wanted to see. Yeah, I was like, what was there a manta ray? We're great Star Wars fans, <laughs> he, like, everyone. He falls into water in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, he falls off the lizard guy. Oh, yeah, he does. He likes swimming. Yeah, Obi Wan goes underwater in all three prequels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does an Attack of the Clones, does he? I don't think so. Maybe not. He's just like in the like it's raining so much. Right, he's like on Camino, and there's a lot of water there. He, like might but... as well be swimming, but he never falls into the water in Camino. No. I'm glad the prequels prepared him by giving him enough water that by the time he got Tatooine, it didn't really matter anymore. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's <laughs> like, I had my fill. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, this is definitely <laughs> what I was hoping we would talk about. So well done. Everyone. Maybe that's why. That's why he made the awful decision to take Luke to Tatooine. <laughs> right. Anyway, that's another discussion altogether. <laughs> so how about that book? Yeah, let's, books. Let's, let's talk about let's it. Talk let's about talk books. About okay, so today we're going to be talking about chapters five through nine, um, and it starts off with Wedge hanging out after, like, in between the council meetings, um, and Leia comes up and t- like to say hi because him and Leia are actually friends, and. Um, while they're talking, Wedge tells her that Mon Mothma may lead us, and Admiral Akbar may fight for us, but you're the one who keeps all the disparate parts of the New Republic working together. So Leia's a baller. That's really just yeah. all I wanted to point out there. <laughs> she's telling Wedge a little bit about the politics of what's going on. And so she's saying how Borsk, um, the Bothan on the council, is playing a long game against Akbar and other members of the council that usually oppose like all of his ideas, which I noticed just so happened to be all like the non-human members of the council. So I don't know what's up with that. I do. It's called discrimination. It's true. <laughs> but I mean, Borsk is also not human, so that's right. why I guess the, the discrimination seems kind of weird to me. I guess he just like, maybe like... Uh, it was easier to write it so they could have the humans who might agree with him than to try and find a way to like separate humans from the yeah group. It was it was for convenience, I think, rather than anything else. Right, and I mean, I think deep down, like if we really want to like make some stuff up about like the social dynamics of the New Republic, like I think still humans are seen as one of the more dominant. Right, like, I mean, there's still those views that the Empire was preaching for 20 years that are right, you know exactly internalized whatever right and like if you look at like the new republic and the old republic senate right it's usually it, the two supreme chance counselors supreme chancellors we've seen have been humans mm-hmm. so it's like well it's still kind of ingrained that Even maybe the, the human species is going to always hold more power than everybody else does it's like real life just like real life. Hmm. White dude. Except without the aliens in real life. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Yeah. yeah. So Akbar is also playing this game. Like, 
his terrible blockade idea was actually a ruse. And he knows it's bad and he knows it won't work, but he suggested it so he can step down in the future to look like he's compromising, which will make the other side feel like they have to compromise as well. Or they're the ones who are being stubborn. That's brilliant. Akbar is so brilliant. (laughs) He's so good. He's a baller politician as well as an awesome military leader. I love him. He's so good. He's surprisingly sassy. Oh yeah, like I'm. I'm so, quite happy about that. I'm so glad that Akbar plays like a like a fairly good minor role in all of these books, because you really get to see like more of his character, um, and like understand why like his name always gets dropped as like being this mastermind and being so great, and why he's the one who's leading the New Republic military. Um, of course, all of this gives Wedge a headache. Um, because he just wants to be told that he needs to shoot some stuff and then do it. Did we um, mention how, like, Phalia also picked that planet because he knew that, like, the yeah, environment no, was... Yeah. Did you say that? Did I miss I it? I did not. Okay, so, like, the environment was, like... He potentially picked this environment because it's very uh, different from what Akbar is able to handle. I'm not saying this very well. Anyway, I thought that was, you know, just one more, like, evil villain thing that he's doing, evil politician. And, and that was he would be well. a Slytherin. Just saying. Yeah. All Bothans <laughs> are Slytherins. <laughs> oh no. Or oh Hufflepuffs, maybe. Part. I don't know. Oh, what are you saying with that one, Danny? <laughs> Bothans would not be allowed in Hogwarts. Let's be real about it. <laughs> right. They all kind of go to Durmstrag. They're all squibs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Potter in, everybody. <laughs> It's happening! (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, they actually expand on that again, that the planet is also, like, not suitable for Wookiees or for Solistans, who are the other two, like, people on the council that that Borsk is, like, trying to go against. But all the humans find it very pleasant and mild. (laughs) So, he's being a jerk, (laughs) for sure. Um, And Leia, of course, like... Is like, hey Wedge, why don't you have some romance going on? And Wedge replies with, "I have all the children I need in the squadron." That seemed a little oh. unlaya, didn't it? What has she a ever shown bit. an interest in like trashy romance gossip? <laughs> Unlike us, right? No, I. <laughs> Leia would not be a good guest host on this podcast. <laughs> I didn't view it as her being interested in trashy romance gossip so much as her like being friends with Wedge and like actually being interested in, like, whether he is going to find someone. I think Leia gets so few opportunities to just be herself and just be a person um, that, like, Wedge is the one of the few people that, like, she can let her guard down or, like, can mm-hmm. actually talk about such frivolous things as in, like, dating. Mm-hmm. Um, too, because, like, everybody else, she's important. Like, she's the diplomat from she's a council member representing Alderaan and she's this hero of the New Republic and everything and Wedge is like eh she's fine <laughs> so it was a little weird but I wouldn't really like dwell on it too much I, I didn't feel okay, like Leia was written very well personally like yeah. it didn't sound like her voice in my head and I was like okay this doesn't doesn't work but I like seeing her and Wedge kind of have like a sweet friendship moment like that was really cute mm-hmm. so I'm okay with it yeah, I like seeing Leia. Basically, I'm a sucker for Leia. Yeah, I mean, and she shows up so rarely in these books that like it's not about how well Mike Stackpole can write Leia. It's just she's name dropping for some, you know, setup in the later, and you know, it kind of goes on to tell a little bit about how Han and Leia don't see each other that much, and they still have the same relationship where he drives her crazy, but she still loves him. And she doesn't always understand why. Um, and Wedge is, like, super pro Han and Leia. He, yeah, he is team Han and Leia forever. So He's like Han's best wingman. Yeah. yeah. He really is. Um, which I think maybe has something to do with the Karelian pilot bro code. Or at least I hope <laughs> it does. Oh my god, yes. That's exactly what it is. Because, you know, those Karelian boys got to look after each other. Yeah, the yeah. same way he was trying to hook Corrin up with Mirax last book. Yeah, right? He's like, oh my god, gotta watch out my Karelian bros. <laughs> that is actually quite cute. It is. Yeah. Good on Wedge. It's good. He just wants everyone else to be happy. 
And then we also get a little bit, bit of background on Luke. And so Leia talks about how he's off looking for artifacts or history of the Jedi Knights so he can start rebuilding the Jedi Order. Um, and that he gave Leia some Jedi exercises to practice, but she doesn't really have a lot of time for it, so she doesn't really do it that often. <laughs> this could be straight out of the new canon right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, Wedge, of course, tells Leia to pass along that Luke is welcome to fly with Rogue Squadron at any time, because although his pilots are, like, the best, it will never hurt to have a Jedi Knight as part of their team. So Leia is has to go back to do more council things, but just when Wedge can relax some more, um, General Iron Kraken shows up, <laughs> and he, the Elder Kraken... <laughs> <laughs> Never not be funny. Uh, uh, elder Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so, so hard good. not to laugh. Uh, I, had to, I literally had to put down my Kindle <laughs> and just laugh for like five minutes. I was just giggling straight up. I couldn't stop. The Elder Kraken. The elder Kraken. <laughs> um... So he thanks Wedge for taking passion to the squadron as he understands the suspicions that would come from having the son of the intelligence director in your squadron. Um... And Kraken knows Tycho, and he's not really concerned about, like, security breach or anything like that. So he's probably a pretty cool guy. Um, he also knows that Pash will be able to learn and do his best in Rogue Squadron. And Wedge is concerned because General Kraken basically told him that the rest, that the next, like, mission for the Rogues is going to be really challenging. So he has that to look forward to. Always oh, good, like, what is he, like, um, what is... Elder Kraken do again? He's the head of intelligence. <laughs> yeah, it's always worrying when someone like that says that you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> they know things. They, they know, know too everything. many things. Also, henceforth, on Rogue Padron, General Aaron Kraken will be referred to as the Elder Kraken. The Elder Kraken. I'm Absolutely. glad, because I can yeah. never remember Never just Elder Kraken, but the Elder the, Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> the, there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So in chapter six, um, we skip back to the other rogues, and we have Mirax Tarek happen to find the Vengeance Dara Four, um, which was the ship that attacked in the first chapter um, at Murst while she was trading there. Wait, what and of did course she, find she it? let Murst, <laughs> and of course she let Cora know because they're bros. Um, and finally... Is there quotes the around that? Bros. They're bros or they're Hashtag bros? Right now they're just bros. Okay. Are you saying they're gay? <laughs> <laughs> you wish, Saf. You wish. I do wish. I don't think that Maybe works Maybe Mirax will end up with heresy. Yeah. There you go. Oh my god. Their hate will turn into love. <laughs> anyway. Um, so the rogues finally receive official word of Bro Jace's death. And the working theory is that an Imperial interdictor, the Black Asp, which was the one from the first book, um, was near and pulled Bro out of hyperspace, and he was ambushed and killed. Um, Corrin doesn't feel right about it, mainly because there was no debris of Imperial ships, and he knew that Bro would take out as many, as many enemies or do as much damage as possible before he went out. And it was re it's really unlikely for him his ship for bro Jace's ship to be so like malfunctioned when it was pulled out that the ties could get clean shots off and like destroy the X-wing because one X-wings have shields and two type pilots aren't that good. Um, so it all seems very like, Oh, I don't know about this to corn horn, which corn's usually right about these things. So we're probably going to find out something bad happened. Well, we know something bad happened. Um, because we actually do know that it was sabotage. Corrin also found the report that Gil Bastra had died during a botched interrogation by Kiritan Lore. Um, and remember that at the end of um, X-Wing Rogue Squadron, um, Iceheart had specifically let this be known to Corrin to act as bait to get him really motivated to come to Coruscant and track down Lore. Um, so, while he's thinking about all this, they finally get to Merst, and there's a space <laughs> battle. 
as the rogues attempt to board the Darifor, um, and there's a ship that's working with her, the Contrum's Pride, which has this great little scene because um, Corin has this long-winded way of figuring out that the Contrum's Pride is also like a bad ship that's working together with the Darifor. And before he can say it, Pash just pops in and is like, hey, the naming convention's wrong, that ship's evil, and just totally Pash out. <laughs> Pash out. <laughs> Yo, it's bad, Pash out. <laughs> that's basically what happened. <laughs> so, you, you kind of get this habit going on of Pash just like cutting to the chase and being like, hey, let me just tell you. <laughs> oh, the Krakens are a legend already. We are. Um, so, the rogues take down the Darifor, and then the other ship, um, you know, pretty easily cooperates and goes along with being able to, like, let the rogues board them. And so this mission, Errol Num is the actual, the lead of Rogue Squadron during this mission, since wedges away at the meeting. Um, and you see that she's, like, super great at flying, super great at navigation, and, like, is super to the point and doesn't mess around. So I love her already. Yeah, let's talk about Errol Nub for a second. Because, like, yeah. Corrin's, like, flying, do-do-do-do-do, and he's like, oh, my gosh, TIE Fighters! And Errol Nub's like, phew, I got them, pew! And then Eris, he's like, oh, I got some TIE Fighters over here! And Errol Nub's like, no problem, pew! She flies over there, pew-pew-pew, takes them out, and Corrin's like, oh, I got some more! And she's like, you get the picture. Yeah. She's the best. <laughs> yeah. She's really good. Yeah. So I'm sad that all those other rogues died, but I'm really glad Errol got to be in the squadron. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. <gasps> Totally with it. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> wow. Wow. <laughs> I would I would have traded um Pesh Bro. for her. Pesh. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Pesh. No one cares about Pesh. I think Bro for her was a good trade. I mean the flying skills for sure was yeah. a, like, like a better trade up was a trade up. She's like as good a pilot as Bro without all the eggplant emojis. Well, that's the thing, is, like, he's going to be all, like, <laughs> super machismo with Corin from now on. Oh my god, bro would use so many eggplant emojis. <laughs> he would use them all the time. Every single message would just be signed out with an eggplant emoji. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> okay, here's a question for you all. Yeah. Who in the current squadron would you trade to have Luke in it? I don't want to have Luke in it. <laughs> Why? Why would you have better not things to do? Because he's like a Jedi. He's doing Jedi things. Like, give the other pilots a chance to have their moment in the sun. I'm trying uh, to think of the pilots that. Oh, where's my book? Here's my book. Where are the pilots that we don't remember and yeah. to die? Because I can only remember the pilots that I like, and so that's not helpful. <laughs> um, Rosati hasn't done much in this book. Yeah, Neither has was that Quirrell or Quirg. Do not kill Oral. Oh, I didn't know we were killing them. Really, just say that. Wait, why are we killing them? <laughs> we're trading them for Luke. That's... They have to die in order to have Luke come take their place. Yes, that's they have to die. Yeah, that's, oh my that's god, the this is brutal. We're just talking about. We <laughs> traded these other people to get Errol Nub. So I asked, who would you trade? Was a I nice was like a baseball trade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the rogues as they are now. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, Luke, I mean, again, I'm not here for, like, the flying and the space battles. I'm here for, like, the camaraderie and the friendships. And Luke would just be awkward because they'd all treat him as, like, something yeah. different and better and higher than they are. That's true. Or, like, I wouldn't want to see, like, Wedge's um, position ever be questioned because Luke is there. Mm-hmm. Because Luke used to be rogue leader. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you okay. trade, Heath? All of them. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, wow. Even wow. Tycho Selchu. I'd, I'd trade Gavin. No! What? Oh. By the way, where is Gavin? Is he yeah. just like... If you're being bros with Wolfman, <laughs> don't worry, because there's going to be so much Gavin later. Okay. Don't worry. In this book or other books? Uh, a little bit in this book. There's some humorous parts in this book, for sure. But, like, really, where is he? He's flying. Probably. 
I don't think it matters that much. Right. So, because we're just like following one section of Rogue Squadron right now, right? Like it's just one flight or two flight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what's the rest of the squadron doing right now? Just like on standby, Sims. training. Sims. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know. So, chapter seven. Um, this is back on Imperial Center. And we find out that the Imperials were actually supposed to take Brojace alive, so Icehard can do stuff to him at Lusankia. Um, <laughs> eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Icehard punished the captain of like who was running that mission by sending him to work for Thrawn, which I thought was an interesting shout out. Or that that was be used as punishment. But Thrawn would also have no patience for like people who mess up. So if he messes up again, he's dead. So Kirtan still thinks that somehow he's going to end up with more power after this whole thing's over, which oh, is Kirtan. super optimistic of him. <laughs> because like I can't see how any of the situation is going to end up in his favor. Kirtan's kind of like he Gavin. Is... <laughs> you just like, Some oh, that's, that's so cute. <laughs> 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 Look at him. <laughs> Look at Look him, him talking to Iceheart and thinking he's like, oh, he's so cute. I like how he's all like, people think that I look like a young Tarkin, and I'm like, yeah, you're so obvious. <laughs> no one thinks you look like oh, a yeah. young <laughs> It was the return of the cheekbones this time. <laughs> I like to think like a young Tarkin was actually somewhat attractive. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> no. He like thinks he is, but... Right. He hasn't learned. Like, he keeps being like, oh, I've learned not to jump to conclusions, but he keeps doing it. Like, it's yeah. really bad. Yeah. He's not He's not a fast learner at all. He's not really a learner. <laughs> no, he's just, he doesn't learn anything. Oh, so dumb. Okay. Okay, uh, then it gets really good. Yeah, it gets pretty good. And by good, I mean really awful. So... But we learned about the incubation periods and the metabolic rates of Gamorians and Korans. Okay, okay, okay. Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is Danny's dam. It to- totally is. So, Kirtan has to go visit General Derricot, who, as we know, has been doing experiments. Um, and he now needs Korin, which, if you kind of remember what Korin looked like, you could Google it. But also, they're like the squid face guys. Um, That's Q-U-A-R-R-E-N, not yeah. Corin as in Corin Horn. Yeah, Corin, Corin. Corin. <laughs> the Long Island Corin. Yeah. Corin. <laughs> uh, Corin are also native to Mon Calamari. Um, they're usually the species who lives like underneath the water, whereas like Mon Cal often builds build cities on top. Anyway... So they're kind of squid-like people. So they're that's the Gungans size. of Mon Calamari. Yeah. And <laughs> we find out that Derricot has been creating a virus. And so far, it works on Gamorreans. Um, and so he's trying... He needs now a different species because he wants to specifically make a strain of the virus for each species that he wants to target rather than making one that is more universal to all non-human species because it will... You know, that's a little bit more dangerous. It runs the risk, a higher risk of it mutating and humans being contaminated by it. The Empire is just not, they, they, they have no chill. No, absolutely not. So it currently takes a month to incubate this virus and has a fatality rate of 75%. Um, and it's contagious in the person or in the water or whatever for four days. So Isard wants the incubation to only be a week and she wants it airborne which is really bad idea that's a really bad idea um because both of these things will (laughs) make humans more susceptible to it i imagine this like politicians today talking to like climate change scientists just being like actually i'd like you to tell me that climate change isn't happening and the scientists are like um and then the politicians like and you have one week to figure it out the scientists are like uh yep uh how about not? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so she gave Isard gave Derricot a month to like have a breakthrough about the virus, but he's actually pretty close um, to like making things 
happen. And the virus is super gross. It start. It has a um, a period of like seven days um, before you die. And it starts off with like normal looking sores that oh it could just be a rash or something, and it goes into like full blown like popping boils full of mucus and gross things, and you're so out of it you just keep running into walls and screaming like it's not it's holy not good yeah and, like uh, or like gross. your bones melt. Um, what? Oh my God. Why? What is there? Why not just completely like? melt on the inside <laughs> just... Ew. why couldn't you make something that like just kills him quickly and is kind of like you know kind of chill like Where's like i said the empire that? has no chill neil degrasse well, tyson would have like... so many problems with this chapter yeah Derekot's like oh it's so elegant <laughs> and he's really proud of what he's doing and it's super creepy it's <laughs> this so man gross. is gross it's like a horror and, film like, even lore is like i'm gonna throw up <laughs> well i mean he is kind of a weenie he so. is a weenie but <laughs> He's still evil. So the way that they're finding their experiment subjects is that they're sweeping in the undercities of Coruscant um, and then abducting like people for these for this stuff. So it's also one more way that the Empire's the worst. Oh god, there's lots of Ithorians down there. There are. Oh. Gentle, gentle Ithorians. I know. Oh no. Dead, dead Ithorians. <laughs> no, they just want to go fishing. Nope. Their blood their <laughs> oh. bones are gonna melt. Their no. bones are melting. Oh no. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. So they mentioned that Warlord Zinge is waiting to see like um who to side with once Isard and the New Republic have tired themselves out attacking each other. And so he's a coward, but he's really spiteful, and Isard doesn't want to attack first because if you do, he will definitely attack back. And Isard also threatens that she'll deliver, um, like, Lore and Derricot to the Rebels if they fail on this project. So, that's a that's a nice threat. Um, anything else you guys want to say about gross diseases? No. Saf, didn't you have some thoughts about Isard? Um, yeah. I think she is actually, like, everybody was like, you're gonna love Merrick so much. But I think Isard is actually my favorite character in the series so far. <laughs> she's my type like in fiction in fiction like her kind of character like the kind of ice ice queen like emotionless like like political leader or military leader or like head scientist or whatever they're always my favorite character i don't know why um and she is just amazing what was that you were saying about gryffindors a little bit ago (laughs) yeah i know i think i guess it's just opposites attract or something (laughs) (laughs) i'm into it i like it so let's see so in chapter eight um, we have Akbar's real plan um, for invading Coruscant. And so he wants, he knows that the only way to get into Coruscant is to take down those overlapping defense shields. And he gives props to Obi-Wan, which I think is interesting, for the first Death Star uh, when he's talking about how he just sneaks in, turns the shields off, and then sneaks out. Um, and that's basically what he wants a team to do this time. And so um, they want he wants a team to infiltrate the planet ahead of time with the purpose of supplying info and sabotage to get the rest, the, get the planet ready for invasion. And although that this is like a technically mil- like intelligence operation, the elder Kraken doesn't have men who are qualified for the mission. So him and Akbar have decided that rogue squadron is the best choice, obviously. And of course, Borsk is all like, oh, but they're pilots. But then Wedge, of course, says, well, they were picked not just because they were pilots, but for all the other skills that they possess, including things like infiltration. Um, and so he seems to relent, but he wants more from Akbar and the rogues. And he will go along with it, but he wants the rogues to free certain Black Sun operatives from Kessel and bring them back to Coruscant with them. And if listeners, if you don't know what Black Sun is, you could read a quick primer. But it's basically a criminal organization that was operating, like, based, kind of based out of Coruscant. Um, that, and anytime you think of organized crime, it was basically Black Sun. And they're all ran by these, this race that called Feline. Prince Zazor is one that they mention a little bit, like, often. And he's in the Shadows I'm of the so Empire. Excited about that because he's like mentioned in legends books i've read and because like the only legends books i've read have been before like the original trilogy 
I don't really get to see names that often that end up in these books, but I found like Prince Caesar is like the first one I've seen that has been in books previously that I know, and it's, it's very exciting for me. What is, what is he up to prior to the original trilogy? What books was he in? Um, he was he's in Coruscant Night, um, which is the book I'm reading at the moment. That's not Rogue Squadron, mm-hmm. um, and he's like leading the Black Sun and trying to like get rid of issues in it, like people trying to take over and stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, the book was kind of leading up to him potentially dying, so I guess he doesn't. Like, whatever. <laughs> Spoilers! Spoilers! I guess. Spoiler alert! Sorry. <laughs> um, but, so they're a crime syndicate. They're pretty bad. They're bad people. Um, but Borsk thinks that it's it'd be a good move for the New Republic if they let Black Sun back on Coruscant to, like, kind of rebuild, and so they could work on undermining the Empire on a different front from the from the rogue team that will be in there um, doing the other stuff. So, I under- everyone understands the logic, but Akbar is super against it, and he has a cute little phrase that's, frolic in the surf, drown in the undertow. <laughs> 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 to describe. Akbar's had a lot of good phrases in these books. Um, but the rest of the council, like I said, is okay with it. And so the rogues are going to go do it. And Akbar will be in charge of all the details of freeing these cr- criminals from Kessel. But Borsk already has a list of targets for people to trade for um, once they get there. There was and- also mentioned that a certain fallen pilot's family is still on. Um... Kessel. Yeah, my ears yes. perked up at that. Yes, so the forges, as in Lujane Forge, um, are still on Kessel. Um, her mom and dad are there. They're not criminals. They went there to colonize and to teach, which you can kind of understand how Lujane became the person that she is, that she was, um, from that kind of upbringing. I'm... And why she got so mad about Corin being like, I'm from Kessel, like, no, we're not all criminals. I'm very interested in this. I might be on Team Forge now, Saf. Yes, because good. Um, when have we ever had a character in the Star Wars universe that's like a teacher? <laughs> what? It's true. When have we ever yeah, heard anything yeah. about education in the galaxy far, far away? Except for like Jedi education, which doesn't really count. That doesn't no. count. Usually poor. Where do the <laughs> normal people learn to read? I would love to learn more about that. Yeah. It's pretty good. You'll find out more. Um, foreshadowing. So the last chapter we're discussing, it's Wedge doing a debriefing on this Kessel mission. And Wedge figures that Noir Ven, who spent a lot of his time trying to get people from, like, out of going to Kessel, and Corin, who spent a lot of his time sending people to Kessel, would be most opposed to this mission. <laughs> and they're up sitting in the back of the bleachers, like, being too cool for this. <laughs> I love so, this imagery. <laughs> So Wedge is already like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So he explains that this is going to be a three-phase mission. The first phase is going to be a flyby of the moon of Kessel, which looks like it's abandoned. And they're going to fly by and take the the base there and set up with Alliance staff. So they're going to import more people once it's secure. And then they're going to do a flyby on Kessel itself and secure it in order to negotiate with moral... Morth Duel. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, Morth Duel, who's who's running Kessel, and they'll negotiate the actual trade of the prisoners. And while this is going on, Phase Three will also be going on, which people will be processing and ferrying off the people they want to take from the moon base. So they'll take them from Kessel to the moon. They'll process them out, and then. Individual starships will go and take them to whatever destination they need to go. They're not going to be told where they're going if they're actually going to be sent to Coruscant. um, Because it's supposed to be a secret mission, blah, blah, blah. And Noir Event points out that most of the people on the good guys list from Borsk... So they're also trying to get some, not just crime syndicate people, but also trying to get, like, prisoners of war, um, people who were wrongfully, like, for, um, you know, speaking out against the Empire and stuff like that, trying to get them off of Kessel. And so, Noir Event points out that most of the people on this list are Bothans, and a lot of deserving political prisoners are left off. And Goddamn, Bothans. Right? Uh... <laughs> like, not surprised at all. <laughs> 
Muffins. But of Awful. course, good guy Wedge um, plans to negotiate for even more people than the council thinks they can get. And he's going to have Noir event help him with figuring out who they really need. Um, and then Corin thinks that one person off the Black Sun list, Zekathine, a.k.a. Patches, um, should stay on Kessel. And because he's just... Corin put him there in the first place. But he's just such a bad guy that Corin's like, he really deserves to be there forever. And we find out that he's kind of, he's one of the, like, people who was thought to be second in line in Black Sun to Prince Izor. So he's Pauline as well, then? Yes, he is. Okay. And one weird characteristic trait of the Pauline is that they have really strong pheromones. <laughs> I remember that. And that so, can't they, like, influence people that way? Well, like, especially, like, people of the opposite gender. Like, there's a part in... Um, Shadows of the Empire, where Leia's trying to like get information and stuff out of him, right? And so he tries to seduce her, and she almost falls for it. And it's the grossest chapter ever. Um, Yikes! <laughs> it's really bad. It's really uncomfortable and awful. And I just like, ugh, it's bad. Um, because I mean, it's kind of rapey, like, because they're so strong that's basically like taking over your entire mind. So they're so. like the alien form of roofies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which makes sense because it's Black Sun and they're all bad. Yeah. So there's a really delicate balance of getting Black Sun strong enough to disrupt the Empire, but not so strong that the innocent population of Coruscant hates the Alliance for bringing them back. And they also don't want to make Black Sun strong enough to, to make their own bid for rule at Coruscant. So it's a super tricky mission. And surprisingly, Corin doesn't disagree with it in theory. <laughs> So he's going to go along with it for now. And while, on their, while they're on their mission, Rogue Squadron is actually moving their, ba- their operations back to Noquivs or whatever, away from Borlaeus and hopes, I think, to draw away some attention from the planet. So Sweet. just so we're clear. Yes. They're going to go break yes. a bunch of bad guys out of prison. Yes. And stick them back on Coruscant. Well, they're so, going um, to not not break because they're not like forcefully taking them, but they're going to negotiate. So the whole way that this works is that Morth Duel, who runs Kessel, he has a lot of powerful criminals there who are making his life really tough. And so the... We're not giving the the New Republic isn't giving anything to Duel, but in exchange for taking away these bad people who make his life hard, we also get to take these good people who don't deserve to be in Kessel. So it's a trade, except we we're not actually giving them anything except peace of mind. Interesting. Yeah, it's a little. It was a confusing at first. Yeah, but. It gets clearer in the next set of chapters when they're actually on Kessel and you see what they're doing. Okay, cool. Yeah, so let's go to Kessel. Yeah, let's not and say we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the potential of seeing like the forges. Yes, I, I want to see them. Be. Of course, I would be. Okay, if we were gonna go see the Selchu family, you'd be like not able to say words, Heath. So sign me just up. Keep your judgment. <laughs> Show me where that boy came from. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Probably is like the hottest dad. <laughs> right. Questions! <laughs> Alright, last week we asked, how did the other rogues decorate their rooms after we got a peek into Corrin's room? Matthew Appleby told us that Oral comes from a hunting culture that doesn't value individuality, so his room is simple, but with trophies like helmets. Like helmets that have the three little prongs in it from where he... Like, bash their brains in? <laughs> yeah, some... Yeah. Like, into it. Um, Ian Miller gave us three answers for three different rogues. He said that Ty- Tycho would have a vintage Alderanian hollow player on which he listens to stirring brass fanfares when he's down. Aww. Oh, Tycho, I can help. <laughs> <laughs> he, also, he also said that... Ersi has a huge picture of Corin, and she hasn't asked him to sign it yet, although he would. <laughs> of course he would. And then, so 
<laughs> Trashy romance, that's what we're here for. Oral has an infrared and ultraviolet disco ball. Humans can't see anything, but at night when he's not sleeping, when he's not sleeping, he's raving. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, because he awesome. doesn't sleep. Oral just he doesn't, doesn't need to sleep. One-man dance parties. I love it. I love this so much. <laughs> Brian said that Corn has giant cardboard cutouts of himself <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Nerf said that I know he's not a rogue in the X-wing books, but Wes Jansen has a rotating waterbed. Of course, I, I don't. Does. I don't know what that means. What What is a rotating waterbed? Um, I, I Nerf is just floating, kind of flirting like... with you, Heath. I what? imagine. I think Nerf is just flirting like... with you here. Probably, that's probably what happened. Yeah, happened there. But like Saf, have you seen like Austin Powers? Oh my god! So it'd be okay. like that rotating bed, but a water bed. So it's even worse. I oh my god yeah, yeah. oh my god like three sixty view right people oh keep mentioning Wes Jansen to us I feel like we're gonna know him very well by the time that he finally shows we will up. we will okay he's coming he's coming uh, he's in Wraith Squadron books okay so we have a while so stop bringing it up listeners <laughs> wow <laughs> we love you Nerf. <laughs> <laughs> Jay said that Bro Jace has pictures of himself, much like Corin. Yep. Oh, too soon. And then Ella Regina said, "I'm pretty sure Wes has a stuffed catch on his bed." Yes, he does. I don't. I don't know what that means. See, this is uh, a spoiler. This is a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and keep cool. a keep, sa- keep your spoilers in your pants. A safely locked cabinet with prank material. So Wes is a prankster. He's the fun one. Okay. He keeps uh, Wedge youthful. He seems like my kind of guy. Yeah, he's really fun. And then this week's question is, think of another ocean-themed saying that Akbar could use. Because he had that really good one <laughs> this week's episode. Where is it? What was it? Let me find it. Frolic um, in the surf, drown yeah. in the undertow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I that's, love it. That's pretty great. Um... This is an existing quote, so I wasn't like terribly creative with it, but you can never cross the ocean unless you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. Wow. That's wow. so Akbar. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty Akbar. I, I just heard some keyboard clacks. I think someone's Googling right <laughs> now. Is that true? Ocean sightings. You know, ocean stuff. <laughs> Am I the only one who has an answer? I think I'm trying much, to find yeah. where it wrote mine down. As a writer, I should be able to come up with something creative, but nope, <laughs> no. I feel like I hate the ocean. <laughs> I actually genuinely do not like the ocean. So this is not helping. <laughs> I'm like Anakin with sand, but it's me but with the ocean. the ocean. But also, when you're in the ocean, sand does also get everywhere. So yeah, it's true. Especially like if you fall on the beach. <laughs> Like, the waves push you down. Oh, yeah, and you get, like, taken out, like, right on the shore, and you get sand. You find it just everywhere. It's the worst. See, Maybe Ekbar would say that. That's like an ocean saying. Waves <laughs> push you down. Yeah, you I imagine he says stuff like going with the flow or, you know, riding with the current, things like that. Everything is just water puns. Right. <laughs> oh, Akbar. I had one. I've... Ugh. I found one, it might have been from this book, or it could have been from a different book, but it was an actual Akbar quote that I wanted to share. I could picture him saying to someone like Corin, like, don't fish for compliments. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. I want him to go to people and just be like, what are you doing? But it's like, water, what are you doing? Oh. (laughs) He would never stoop that low, but I want to see him do it. Uh, amazing. Well, I feel like with all these puns, like, he wouldn't be doing it intentionally, like... No, no! He wouldn't be aware of it, so I think he would stoop that low, just not realize it. (laughs) It's just how they talk. They're just like, what? We always talk about the water because we love the water. Right. The water is our spirit animal. (laughs) Yep. Water is our Patronus. Okay. So, listeners, tell us your... Your water. You have... You'll have more time to think of. (laughs) You have a a week to Google it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Come on, guys, it. give us some. Good it doesn't have to be made up by you. It could be like a quote that you can picture Akbar saying, and that's fine. 
Yeah. And, and if anyone wants to Photoshop a sailor's hat onto Akbar to include in their their be... tweet towards us, that would be totally fine. Yes. Oh Absolutely. my god. Yes. Please. 100% appreciated. You would get extra points. <laughs> All right, Zach, um, how many can, Harry Potter references those. can you get into these outros? Danny, I'm going to fight you. Gryffindor. <laughs> what can I say? I'm pure Gryffindor. Love it. Anyways. It's okay. I'm muting my mic any now. Any of your tweets to the <laughs> Twitter account that we have. <laughs> which I'm kicking Danny off of. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's at Rogue Podron. Um, you can also email us at roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. We have a website, which is roguepodron at, tu- at Tumblr, dot Tumblr dot com. So we actually have our own Tumblr site now, thanks to Heath. And Woo. you can also find us on iTunes at the Far Far Away Radio feed. I'm sorry. I love that. We have a website. <laughs> we did it. It only Yay. took us like half a year. <laughs> only took us an entire book. And by us, we I mean me. <laughs> and there's so much good content on that website. Like you'll just spend hours getting lost in all the X-wing goodness that we have on there. There are literally two things on there. <laughs> <laughs> You're not selling it. Okay. Come on. It's new. It's brand new. Brian, it's amazing. You should bookmark it or follow it. Yeah, and get it on the ground floor. Stuff. 20 years from now, you can be like, I remember when there were only two posts on the Rogue Pod and website. And oh, your you friends will be Rogue like, Pod whoa. Rogue Pod hipster. <laughs> That's all anybody wants to be. Well, I guess, like, if people want to, like, do the Photoshop thing, they can also, like, add us on okay. Tumblr. And yeah. then we can reblog it or whatever. So yeah. We will absolutely we'll make fun things happen. put your Akbar Photoshops on Tumblr. Yes. Certainly. We love Photoshops. <laughs> Especially if you don't Akbar Photoshops. Account, you don't, I'm, you don't know. But we I'm going to do a lot of Akbar Photoshopping this week, and they're all going to go on our Tumblr. <laughs> so excited. Akbar Photoshop week at Rogue Padron Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so for next time, besides the Akbar Photoshops, Make sure you read X-Wing Wedges Gamble, chapters 10 through 13. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Um, business. <laughs> business. This business. Business. I don't know what that was, but it was beautiful. <laughs> Wait, who was that? <laughs> that was Meg. That was Meg being Princess Unikitty from the Lego Movie. I legit oh thought that was Danny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, was it a business, or you just like the word?